best way to have a great time being an idiot drinking a brooklyn brewery <laughs> it's february now i'm still on the na's what i'm gonna be honest with you i have been sober for a full month i am sleeping so well <laughs> good for you man so i'm sticking with it i'm sticking with it let's go and i've got a i've got a new one to try i haven't tried this one at all so we're gonna be on this adventure together this is their okay. special effects IPA. And? Tastes like a beer. That's great. Oh, yeah. Good stuff. <laughs> that's what we're here for. Welcome to Let Me Pod to you. I'm Jacob. You can block me on Twitter at we hate Jacob. That's hate with an eight. I'm here with my co-host, Dimitri. You can find him on Twitter. If you want to see lots of stuff about Dave Canales, yeah. you can retweet it on the timeline. <laughs> Dimitri, how are you feeling about the Panthers hire? Dude, I fucking love it. I love Dave Canales. He's the man. He's so convincing. He's got some young energy about him. I'm excited, and for the boy. listener, he said the same exact thing about Frank Reich last year. No, I did not. Dimitri's <laughs> top of the mid headlines, stocks rising, stocks falling. These can be specific wrestler storylines, et cetera, to kick off the conversation. Dimitri, who is top of the mid? I'm going to tell you who top of the mid is, but first, I know you planned that because I said young and energy, and that does not describe <laughs> Frank Reich. All right, so no, let's get that not. out of the way. Uh, <laughs> and top of the mid, we already know who it's going to be, bro. Uh, my boy, R-Truth, came out the Royal Rumble twice, man. And I, I loved it. I was curious after he showed up, uh, first showed up in the Women's Rumble, and he like popped out, and everybody's <laughs> obviously confusion. And everybody's like, what the hell is R-Truth doing here? And I, I was cracking the fuck up on my couch when this happened. Um that happened, and then I was wondering. I'm like, hmm, I wonder if he's going to also come out for the men's rumble. And I wonder if there will also be shenanigans in the men r- men's rumble when he comes out. Lo and behold. He, he <laughs> also came at the same number both times. I don't know if you caught Did that. Did he really? I did yep. not catch that. I That's made a funny. note on my phone and, and was like, I wonder if he's going to come out at the same number. He did. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's great little subtle storytelling right there he was told mm-hmm. number, but didn't know which rumble he was coming out in. Mm-hmm. that's funny but yeah when he came out in the men's rumble for that hot tag that was gold especially when he was sitting there like really really come hyped. on, come on. <laughs> and then dom had no choice but to like go along with it because he's like fuck it, i need i need some help <laughs> the only way so funny yeah, he had he and Toby were here, and we were losing our minds. Like all of us, like I was, I had tears in my eyes, laughing at our truth during that. Like I was astounded. And I, kn- I know we're going to talk about the men's rumble later, and you got a lot of thoughts on this, but I want, I do want to say the our truth little portion. I ain't gonna lie, one of the best parts of the men's rumble. the best part of the men's rumble. <laughs> hmm. So what is your headline this week, Dimitri? Well, I was undefeated this week, dog. I got all my picks right. Every single pick for the Rumble, I picked all the winners. And then when it, this is really rare. I feel like normally there's a swerve, which has got me feeling, um, I don't, it's, it's hard to describe how it's got me feeling because I like to be swerved and I like to be surprised, but everything that I expected to happen happened. And although I wanted all these things to happen, 
I'm just like, damn, that was that was just as predicted. So I don't know. It's strange. Yeah, the, the rumble was pretty straightforward this year. Yeah. Yeah. I um I was really sold on uh Bailey women winning the women's rumble. Mm-hmm. And lo and behold, that I literally actually the pat the last like five people in the rumble, whenever that rumble happened, I had like we were getting down to the final participants. I'm like, all right, it's going to be these people. And this is the order at which they're going to be eliminated. And it happened exactly the way that I said I was watching with Janie. And again, it was predictable, but it was satisfying. So Mm -hmm. I'm not upset about it. So the only thing that we don't have in our rundown to discuss is the United States title. Yeah. So let's talk about that real quick. Let's do it. That match was an absolute banger. Yeah. I thought it was booked perfectly yeah it was really good it was surprising to me as well uh it was definitely one of the shining parts of the night the the interesting part about that match to me is uh i went into it probably i would say probably the least excited out of everything uh granted we got a roman reigns match on the card too uh hot take here though um you know what i'm gonna save it for stocks falling i'm gonna save that for stocks falling Okay. I'm All saving right. that stock. I'm, sa- I'm, sa- I'm saving that hot take. I, the only thing I didn't like is that wrestling referees are notoriously fucking idiots. Yep. And out of nowhere, <laughs> this referee, after being an idiot for 99% of the match, all of a sudden gets 2020 vision and can see the brass knuckles on KO's hand. That's not but- proper referee lore. It is not, by the way. It is absolutely <laughs> not. But the way that he's one, two, I'm ready to pop for Kevin Owens getting that yeah. three new new champ. And then he stops points. The framing of the camera with the two wrestlers and the referee and the point at the brass knucks, ah, nailed it. Shout absolutely out to nailed it. Uh-huh. So yeah, I think it was the right way to end that match different kind of shenanigans than what i thought Uh and it was just interesting because you don't see that happen very often where this kind of storyline weapon of these brass knuckles actually gets spotted and there's actually a punishment from it um so that was very interesting to see that was a good Um, creative finish i agree yep yep and it lets us do some more stuff with with this story. Shifting gears massively, yeah. one of my favorite articles of the year, and this is my headline, is Cage Side Seats will do a deep dive on how much time actually passed buzzer to buzzer during the Royal Rumble. I'm really glad you brought this up because actually during the one the Rumble, I was like, this is something that crossed my mind. I was like, it. Are they really the same distance between each entrant? They are not. <laughs> All right. <laughs> so let's start with the Women's Royal Rumble. And this is what they do. This, they time it from buzzer to buzzer, not from when they get into the ring. So some entrances take longer than others, and that is part of the reason why. Yeah. In the Women's Royal Rumble, Bailey's entrance was a minute and 34 seconds. I'm just going to look down here because there's a few that were really long between. So Shotzi had the longest time from buzzer to buzzer. Nia Jax, Nia Jax was right before Shotzi. 
and Shotzi's was two minutes and 57 seconds. How long is it? 90 seconds is supposed to be? 90 seconds. Damn. Damn. <laughs> yeah. And Bailey's was the shortest at 134. So the, the average waiting period was two minutes and four seconds. Get your shit together, Triple H. That's 124 <laughs> seconds. You're wasting our time, damn it. I came here for 90 second intervals. <laughs> and I I will uh I will le- put the these links in the show notes because if you want to see it, I think it's so interesting. Um It was really interesting. The men's Royal Rumble, the clock was a slightly less broken than it was. They fixed it between the mid-card. Oh wow. Um the longest wait time between entrances was for Ludwig Kaiser at two minutes and 41 seconds. And that can most likely be attributed to the brawl between Carrie and Cross and friends and Bobby Lashley and friends making mm-hmm. their way out of the ramp area. The average waiting period this time was a minute and 50 seconds. So we got a lot better, shaved 14 seconds off that average. We were within 20 of the goal. But None of the intervals were less than 93 seconds. That was the shortest that we had for the men's Royal Rumble. Interesting. And it it's so stupid that I love this so much. No, I love it but too. I it's saw these articles yeah. come out and I was like, oh, just what I wanted. The yes. data. <laughs> give me the give me the numbers, baby. <laughs> so that's awesome. I will link these in the show notes, but I think it's very fun to see how long I actually ended up being between these. And more than 90 seconds. Which leads me to, they should just say there's going to be two minutes between <laughs> between entrants. Yeah. No yeah. one would care. Yeah, nobody would care. The but average just- is about two minutes. So that's what you want to do. Just do that. Yeah. Well, they're going to... That is a, an interesting thing that this affects is their, uh, all of those video packages where they're like so and so lasted x amount of time in the rumble so and so has the most time in the rumble it's interesting because it's not always going to be the same because you know you could last like let's say you last 10 minutes that's going to be different depending on the amount of people who have entered in that 10 minutes mm, very if you true get it and on time interesting on- on top of that, Bailey broke Rhea's record of longest time in the Rumble. Let's fucking go. Even though last year, Rhea Ripley started number one and went the whole way. That's a perfect example. <laughs> Bailey came in at number three. <laughs> That's a perfect, ex- that is a perfect example. Interesting. So. So. Let's get into it. All right. The WWE Undisputed Universal Championship was retained by your tribal chief and mine, Roman Reigns. Yeah. So uh, if you want to like, can you like go over this match? Because I have, I have a hot take here. Okay. Okay. And I'm going to get it out after we go over the match. So this is a bloodline cinematic universe segment, um, which is going to go straight into Dimitri's stock falling for his hot take. Yeah. I actually thought the first half of this match was really good. Um, all the guys were out there doing their things. And I thought it was really interesting that they had all three of the non-Roman competitors hit their finisher on Roman. Yeah. He first took 
the what's it the styles clash the like reverse pedigree mm-hmm. is that right yep then he took a bft and then he took an rko and roman reigns was going to get pinned but it got broken up and then solo happened we talked about this last week we did not need solo to interfere here I think it hurts Roman more than it helps Roman. Solo comes in and just starts Samoan spiking everybody. Spiking everybody. And then Solo starts to stack them all up for Roman to get the cover. We did get the stack pin. Yeah. We wanted. <laughs> yeah. But then uh, I think Randy kicks out from underneath everybody, uh-huh. which breaks the whole the whole thing up. And Roman's like, what? Solo was supposed to help me get the thing. Yeah. <laughs> and then they, you know, have some some stuff on the outside. Solo does a little run around, flies through the barrier, almost completely takes out Samantha, which I was worried for her safety. Me too. Actually, right when that happened, I was like, damn, is she okay? I was like, like why is she there? They know how to move. <laughs> the barrier thing just like right at her legs. I was like, well, yep. that could have been bad. Yeah, it, it went really far. Yeah. Uh, and then I thought the finish felt rushed. Uh-huh. I don't know how you felt about the finish, but he's kind of doing something with, uh, I think it's LA Knight in the ring. They're kind of going back and forth. And then AJ Styles is like getting up on the top rope and he like throws LA Knight into the ropes which causes AJ to fall down really awkwardly on the ropes. Mm-hmm. And then Roman like spears or Superman punches him out of the air. And then one, two, three Roman retains. And he's like, I'm out of here. It just, the end felt very rushed and it was kind of an awkward match after the solo part. The way I would have booked this is no solo. Yep. And let's make Roman look extra strong. But switch the order of things. So he gets RKO'd first, BFT'd second, and Styles clashed third. And he kicks out of the Styles clash pin on his own. Because then people are like, oh my God, Roman Reigns kicked out of three finishers. Mm-hmm. That's he's bananas. A, he's, he's, he's a god. He's supposed to be yeah. a god. He's operating on another level. God mode. God mode. And then Roman has to work his way through the three of them basically doing his various finishers on on the three. So he spears somebody, he Superman punches someone else, and then he he puts AJ Styles in the guillotine, which has just kind of disappeared from his repertoire. Have you noticed that? Yeah, he hasn't used that very often now that you say it. Uh, he used to use it all the actually, time. Like when I first started sucks. watching, he was yeah, like... That was a great move too. Very yeah. uh, intimidating. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think like that would have been, it would have like the story in ring would have made a lot more sense that way to me. Yeah. Even I, I, I big agree with that. I think having solo kind of affect the match the way he did uh, was, I mean, everybody, it seems like everybody feels the same way about it. It's just like, mm-hmm. again, really again. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. if you're going to have solo be involved, you could have at least like had him like, if you're going to need to get him involved, like have him like maybe try to save something, but then he fucks up or gets like RKO'd or something. And then Roman has to save the day. 
So Roman can finally be the guy instead of being the guy that's like saved by somebody. Like Roman Solo Solo just knocked himself out by trying to do a cannonball into the barrier and then he was just gone. Yeah. Like I remember looking, I was like, where'd Solo go? Right. He's just out after that. Okay. He just did his thing. But yeah, my my hot take here, which might not even be a hot take. I don't know. It feels like a hot take because Roman's involved in the match. This is my least favorite, least favorite match of the night. This is my least favorite thing of the night. I liked I I know a lot of people feel a way about the men's rumble. I didn't hate the men's rumble. Uh, I loved the women's rumble and mm-hmm. the uh, KO match was pretty fucking fire. Uh, so my least favorite thing of the mat of the night was this Roman reigns match because I knew it was going to happen. Mm-hmm. Uh, I knew how it was going to happen and mm-hmm. it, it just happened. Like there were no surprises. So it's just like, I mean, I got some stars in the ring. That was cool, but I, I don't know. It just didn't do it for me. I've definitely my least favorite part of the night. Uh, and I felt that way watching it like live. Like I was ready to go on like a bathroom break during that match because I was like, mm, I know what's going to happen. So <laughs> that's how I feel about that match. As soon as Solo showed up and did what he did, that's where it lost me uh-huh. with you on that. I think, I think it was the weakest match of the night for sure yeah. because of the Solo aspect. Right. And I'm starting to see some stuff coming online. I don't know how true it is because it, it hasn't been, you know, from Sean Ross Sapp. So I don't I don't know how much to really read into it. But yeah. that Cody was supposed to finish his story at Mania last year, but that's when Vince reintroduced himself into creative and he said, No, Roman's not losing. So now they have to basically like kind of force us back around and Maybe that's part of the reason why Roman's on this like massive part-time schedule because it would have made more sense for him to be like fully part-time if he wasn't the champ and he didn't need to have that presence. I Fair. don't. I honestly, yeah. I don't know. Yeah, but it feels very. I was happy when Cody lost last year. You know this. Me too. We felt You've the been same way since the first episode. Yeah. You know this. I did not. I like was Cody glad lost. Cody lost. Yeah. I didn't want this. Yeah. This isn't what I wanted. Exactly. And I guess this is what I should have expected mm-hmm. because this is what they've been doing for a while. Yeah. You, you just would have thought that they would have spiced it up, add a little bit here. Cause like the story, the bloodline storyline was so hot for a while mm-hmm. and it's still like one of the biggest parts of the show, but like, we're not really, like we had, it's not as interesting. Yeah. We had some really interesting stuff with like Jimmy and Jay, the little feuds there. And then obviously you got Sami Zayn and the whole, you know, feeling OC movement that we had going there. That was mm-hmm. gold. And then you had like those weird little rivalries within the group. So you had like Sammy and Jay not trusting Sammy and then finally winning the trust. But then Roman doesn't really fully trust him and he's starting to feel iffy about it. There was just so much intricacy there. And it was just, there was just a lot going on. So it was way more interesting right now. It just feels like all we got is solo is uh, dedicated to the bloodline. And then you got Mm -hmm. Jimmy being a goofball and you got Roman, the head of the table who shows up every now and then for a match. And there's really like, not many deeper storylines in that other than Jimmy wanting to 
have more of a say of things, wanting more power, but not realistically being able to get it because. But it's not interesting because it's Jimmy. Exactly. Because he's not, you don't believe that it, like his character isn't one that you would believe would be given any sort of power right now. No. 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 Yeah. It's just not, it's not, it's not cooking like it once was. I do think like, I still think that Cody losing last year was the right move because it just felt like it would have, would have been too soon. Like he just came back. He had, he just like, it feels like he just won everything for like no reason. It's just like, Oh yeah, he's the guy he's destined to get it. And if he would have won at mania, I really, I know a lot of people were pissed, but I really feel like if he would have won the title at mania, that so many people would have turned on him relatively quickly because it would have felt like he was shoved down our throats. I would have turned on him that night. (laughs) I I wasn't a fan. Like I did not buy into the character, but it took me some time. And now I love Cody. Cody is the ultimate good guy. I'm a fan now. So now if he wins at mania, I'm going to feel great about it. Like I'm going to, I'm going to be excited when Cody wins the title at mania, but wouldn't have been the case last year. I still think it was the right move, but I'm with you. I don't like where we're at right now. Another stock falling that's about as big as the bloodline storyline is you, Dimitri. Because <laughs> you didn't listen. Hey, man. <laughs> we told you. We told you. We you told did. you, you that Mercedes Monet was not going to be at the Royal Rumble. She was not going to be with the WWE. It wasn't going to happen. And you didn't believe us. Hey, you know what? What do you have to say for yourself? I got it. I do got something to say here. I really, <laughs> I, I'll say this. I did believe you, but I didn't want to. That is how I felt. So I said, otherwise I did believe you and Sean Ross app, but I didn't want to. You so, let your heart, you let your heart take over. I let my heart take over. My brain said, there's no way, but my heart said, nah, bro, she's coming back. We're going to get that Bailey storyline cooking again. And it's going to be awesome. But Hey, now that we're past the Royal rumble, I will, I will say, you know, the brain was right. Okay. She's going to AEW and it's going to be interesting. I think AEW needs it at this point. Uh, not doing too hot. Uh, at least from what I've seen, uh, kind of struggling a little bit with seating and tickets from what I've seen. Yeah. Um, they're trying to, they're trying to kind of do a reset. It seems. Um, and that's good. That's fantastic. Please. They, they want to kind of get away from what they were as just, I guess, from a creative standpoint, um, with what they were doing with, uh, what's it called? Max MJF. Yep. Um, being more sports entertaining than Wesley. Uh, and the, they really seem to pride themselves on being a wrestling company yeah. and not not necessarily a sports entertainment company. One of the things that they're, they're getting back to, I don't know if you remember this, they used to do the rankings, the AEW rankings that Mm -hmm. would lead to title shots. Yeah. The end of the show on Wednesday was the first release of rankings. And it has led to some interesting contests on TV, especially the stories with Swerve Strickland and Hangman Adam Page, mm-hmm. they have been competing to have that number one contender spot to challenge Samoa Joe at the next pay-per-view. That's been the big thing. 
Uh, now, what doesn't make a ton of sense <laughs> is the way that they're putting out these contenders. So they just have it ranked as men's champions, Samoa Joe world title, Christian Cage TNT, Orange Cassidy International, Eddie Kingston Continental. But then they just have contenders, Swerve Strickland, Hangman Page, Adam Copeland, John Moxley, Roderick Strong. Why? <laughs> like Swerve and Hangman are trying to get that world title. Adam Copeland has been doing what he's called the Cope Open, where he just wrestles whoever wants to come out and wrestle him on either Dynamite or Collision every week. He because he wants to earn his shot back at Christian Cage. Mm-hmm. Roderick Strong has already declared that he wants the uh, the intercon the intercontinental the international title that Orange Cassidy has. But you don't have to do anything to get that title shot because you just have to go up to Orange Cassidy and say, "Hey, I want to wrestle you for your belt," and he goes. Okay, how about this week on Rampage? <laughs> then it happens. Yeah. So I don't know how you fix it other than you have like a number one contenders list for each belt. Like uh, the people have to declare what they're contending to get into. Because if you look at this list, why why the hell would Adam Copeland, if he's third on this list, be waiting around for a TNT title shot that Christian Cage is trying to duck him for? Yeah. When he could very simply say, hey, Swerve loses and Hangman loses. I'm number one. I'll just go for that world title against Samoa Joe. Hmm. Who needs a TNT? I got the world title. And then similarly, um, on the women's side, women's champion, uh, Tony Storm, and TBS champion, Julia Hart, number one contender, Gianna Perazzo. She's been wrestling each week, looking really good. I've heard uh, good things. And, yep. She's been yeah. great. Um, they. They have made it official that she will be um, going for the the women's world title at Revolution. Thunder Rosa is number two, and she's been kind of like very clearly working towards Julia Hart TBS title shot. Again, if she's number two on this list, why wouldn't you want to get her belt back? Right. That she had to drop because she was hurt. She never lost it. So why would she want the TBS title? And not the women's world title. And then you've got Hikaru Shida 3, Sky Blue 4, Mariah May 5. Sky Blue is aligned with Julia Hart. Mariah May is aligned with Tony Storm. Doesn't make sense. Tag team contenders, that makes sense. I'm not even going to touch it. Doesn't matter. <laughs> trios champions. The AEW World Trios champions are the acclaimed and daddy ass. They have recently formed a super group with Bullet Club Gold, the Bang Bang Scissor Gang. Mm. Mm. What they a, had a little segment on TV where they bang, came bang, out and they, uh, one of the one of the gun children was going to do the the suck it thing. Yeah, and Billy Gunn stopped him and was like, "How about you let the best in the business do it?" So Billy Gunn ran it back, did the whole thing, suck it, blah blah blah, and he went. But that seems a little out of date. We got to replace those last two words with guns up. Bang bang. So. Who would you guess is the number one contender for the AEW World Trios titles? Them. Oh, that's right. The ROH World Trios title holders, the Bullet Club Gold. Mm. So what are we doing here? What are we doing? Doesn't make any sense. It, no. So they've got to kind of 
figure out what they want to do with that. That wasn't even on the stocks falling list, but here we are. Here we are. I I just want to add to it. So I had this idea or uh, I saw this, this info is kind of interesting. So just talking about AEW, um, the last dynamite, I was talking about ticket sales and although ticket mm-hmm. sales aren't like a, a true tail sign of like how a company's doing, like, I understand it's way more than that. You got the TV deal. You got the people they're watching every week. You got pay-per-views. You got merch. You got a lot of stuff going on that goes on to a company. I'm just saying as a fan, I don't think that they should continue booking these arenas that have so many seats and then just fill like a quarter or like half of them just because the vibes are just weird for that like it just well, it's feels- kind of like the collision that i was at here at state college yeah it's just weird it's just like a little weird when you see like a half empty arena it's not that i wouldn't enjoy the show but like for like casuals i mean it the vibes and like the the electricity would be way different if it was a full small arena and the reason i'm saying that is because like this past week i saw the numbers for the last dynamite uh it was like a nine thousand seat arena right they sold like 1600 tickets that that's like that's a really small amount of tickets in a 9000 now granted they only had 2000 available but Mm -hmm. still only opening up 2000 for a 9000 seat arena there was a lot of empty space there and again i'm not like I'm definitely not an AEW hater. I want them to do well, but for them to do well, I feel like the the environment needs to be better. So like the, when they pop up at Daly's place, that's great because they can fill it up and it looks nice and, and the vibes are right. So like, I just think that they should maybe consider smaller selling out smaller arenas or having smaller arenas closer to capacity rather than going to bigger arenas that you know they only sell like 1.5 tickets maybe 2000 tickets it just it don't sit right with me it don't it don't look right it don't feel right no i'm i'm 100% on board with you and again sorry about the loud dog listeners um the uh i, I can speak to my experience being in a big arena with a small crowd for collision at um at penn state back in september compared to going to dynamite in Philly at the Temple Basketball mm-hmm. Arena, that arena was packed to the gills. That's a there great feeling. No empty seats. Mm-hmm. And the vibe was amazing. It was hot in that arena. Like it the, just the amount of people, the noise, the chance, like everything just hit so hard in that arena. Like you could feel the energy in it. So I 100% see what you're saying and mm-hmm. I remember when I was, I was going into this arena. I was like, man, this place is kind of small. But then like when you're in there and you have that, like all those people and it's packed in, you just feel, it just felt a lot different. It's awesome. Comparatively, like if they had done that show at Wells Fargo in Philly, which is huge, like I think it's, it's 20,000 or more, uh. like that would have been bad. <laughs> Cause like <laughs> you have, even if you get 5,000 people in a big market like Philadelphia in a 2000, 20,000 seat arena, like it's it just doesn't feel gonna, the same. Not going to feel yeah. the same. Yeah. I'm with you. I'm with Where you. we at? Let's keep the haterade rolling. Uh, CM Punk is cooked, brother. He uh, is done. Um, <laughs> as, uh, as some people are calling him on Twitter, fragile Phil, this man oh my God. gets injured every time he wrestles, it seems like. Like, he just cannot do it. This time he tore his triceps. And 
first, shout out and props to him for s- finishing the Royal Rumble with torn triceps. Yeah. That's crazy. Did you but, notice when it happened? Because I no, I had no idea. I had no oh, idea. Yeah, it happened. And I saw him uh, like kind of go to the corner. I'm, I'm always like, I don't know why I'm always like watching out for shit like this. I saw him like go to the corner and um, he was like, it looked like he was in pain. And then like he said something to the ref and then she came over and started like talking to him and he's like pointing to something and they're just sitting there talking. And it's just kind of like, I was like, something going on here. And I was talking to Janie. I was like, I think CM Punk might be hurt. Uh, that's not good. And then he got up and like, looked like he was fine. So I was like, all right, maybe I'm tripping. Maybe, maybe he was fine, but turns out, no, I saw, (laughs) I saw it happen. So poor guy. Yeah. I mean, I do, this isn't a stock falling like, ha ha. I'm glad he's hurt. I'm not (laughs) like, I would have really liked to see CM Punk and Seth Rollins at WrestleMania. That sounded Mm -hmm. like a buttload of fun to me, but uh, yeah, I I mean, maybe the injury was part of it. CM Punk looked like an old man during the rumble. Yeah. He looked like when they have a legend return to to go a couple rounds in the rumble and like he looked gassed. He looked gassed. And yeah. I, I wonder if they made a mistake by not having him have, you know, any kind of matches leading up to the rumble. Like he was, was in the rumble. I would like to think that uh he wouldn't have looked have as gassed if he had had like some more like time to knock off some ring rust, get yeah. some more matches on TV, you know, just some stuff to work that off. Cause I mean, it's just like regular sports. They always say like, if, you, if you're watching football and your, t- your team signs somebody, you're wondering if they're going to play that week. Typically they're like, nah, they got to get into football shape before yep. we allow them to play. It, it's, yep. a, it's a different type of shape. Uh, mm-hmm. So I think part of the injury issue is, Maybe he just wasn't in that type of shape yet. Although he probably felt good. It's different when you're in the ring uh, on TV at a premium live event, adrenaline's rushing. Things are different. It's just natural. Um, And yeah, it's just, it sucks. But yeah, I think uh, that may have played a part in it possibly. Yeah. Very well could be. How did you feel about the men's Royal rumble overall? All right. I felt like it was, it was good. Uh, it wasn't great, really, but it was good. I've seen a lot of takes here, so here's, here's this is why I would I, give it an okay. <laughs> like I thought it was okay, okay, yeah, yeah. It was okay to good. I'll give it that. I'm not going to say it was bad. I, I'm not going to complain about it. The thing that was different about this Royal Rumble uh, was there were way less like pandering to like. Here's a legend. Here's a legend. Here's a legend. Here's a huge surprise. Mm-hmm. It was like, this is a match of all of the relevant people, uh, or, you know, close to relevant people on the roster. I was going to say careful. <laughs> Plus a few NXT stars that are on the come up. Mm-hmm. It was a good showcase of some of their abilities. I know you got one that you're going to talk about. It was a good showcase of their abilities. It was nice for me to watch. Uh, and I think it was a good introduction to a lot of faces. I know way back in the day, I remember when, um, way back in the day, wow, it wasn't even that long ago, but kind of, when Bianca Belair debuted at the Royal Rumble, uh, I remember it, she was just straight from NXT. I didn't watch NXT, but Janie had watched that Rumble with me and she was like, who's this girl? Because she had a lot of swag. She had the hair. She yeah. was very, at the time, she was a heel. So Janie was not a fan. What? Yeah. At the time she was a heel. That's crazy. Shit. 
And yeah, Janie, Janie was pissed, but it was a really cool introduction and they don't do those all the time, but I'm happy to see we got a few introductions here and that's what gave it a, made it good for me is seeing these new faces that a lot of people don't see because a lot of people don't watch NXT. I don't watch it regularly, but I know who these people are. So it was cool for me to see them. So, I mean, Andrade made his re-debut. Yeah. Makes sense. You do that in the Rumble. Yeah. He was apparently supposed to be just thrown onto Raw a couple weeks ago, like once he signed. Mm. And Charlotte Flair actually was like, no, give him the Rumble. Yeah. <laughs> and I think that's, you know, good for Charlotte. Like, yes. For that. Because, like, that's a better, it's a better entrance and a better return for him. Absolutely. Um, but let's talk about some underwhelming bits of the Men's Royal Rumble. All right. Uh, let's start with Carlito. Mm. I know why they brought Carlito in to do kind of some LWO stuff. He has fully come in as enhancement talent, like as a full-time enhancement talent. He really has. And it's kind of sad. And his music still sucks. It's oh not my caught on. God. It's so bad. It's bad. It's not right. I actually, all right. I wrote this down on my phone. I didn't put it in the thing. I got a really short blurb to get out here because all right, this it. is a negative about the Royal Rumble as a whole, men and women. Mm-hmm. Uh, they need to do a better job with music and entrances and just the production of that. There are a few people who are stars who have great entrance music, but there's so many generic songs and like Titantrons that it's become an issue. Like people come in and a lot of the time in the rumble, if like, you know, there's these people from NXT or these people on the, on the main roster who don't really get a lot of love, they come in and just a generic track hits. That sounds like you're playing like WWE 2k and you just selected like rock track one. And, but that's, that's all of WWE's music right now. It's crazy. Like so there are come- certain people who have like their music, like, like, yeah. like you said, Bianca Belair, you know, I'm Slaps. on my own yeah. against the wall. Like, Ro- Bianca Miller, Roman Reigns, Becky Lynch. Yeah. You got the big stars, but then you got so many that are just generic tracks. And it's a problem yeah. because how is the crowd supposed to be hype or be excited when they don't know who the hell is coming out till they get to the ring? The The yeah. pops weren't there because they don't know who is coming out. So like, I just, they really dropped the ball in that. I, I mean, like just, just looking at these names, like there's a lot of people who like, I can't think of their music off the top of my head. Yeah. Grayson Waller, Santos, Santos Escobar's music is just like a wet fart. It's just boom, 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 boom. Um, I think Finn Balor just comes out to the generic judgment day music. Still Bronson Reed is just like some drums. I think. Oh yeah. That's really generic. Uh, Ivar. Yeah. This, you're spitting facts right now. Cause I, I can't, like Omos, I don't know, bro. I like I'm really into music, and I got songs going through my head all the time. But I can't, like, I can't, I can't. <laughs> I like Ron Breaker, if you watch some NXT, you'll know his music because it's like yeah. the wolf howl. Like that's how it's. It's like Woo! so. Like that, I kind of knew what was going on there. JD McDonough, no. <laughs> But then you get to like the Miz, and again, you know, you know the Miz. Awesome! Yeah. Can I do that? That's the, that's yeah, the shit, bro. Exactly. <laughs> but like Ricochet, 
like there's just some music that it's just like you don't know who it is like it just it's a problem it's know. a problem i also thought i mean i feel bad saying this too but just like some of the like people towards the end you know we get we get the miz at 25 damian priest at 26 still don't think he should have been in the rumble cm punk uh 27 that makes sense you know put yeah. put him late ricochet 28 what are we doing dude i felt the same way i was like huh i straight up was like so he's just there to get eliminated late like oh he's we just there to do time. a couple spots yeah i mean pat mcafee 23 he got in the ring and got out it's like that's a waste of a spot it was a waste of a spot but to be fair to pat that was pretty fucking funny it was funny i'll give <laughs> you that i'll give you that that it was funny i did but it's just like you know i'd maybe rather see trick williams there uh yeah, it's a great like, point. We're we're kind of getting loved, this. I would have loved trick whooping trick. Push. Yeah, like whoop that trick in that arena would have gone hard. Uh-huh. Uh huh. I mean, or if you want to take somebody else, I'll just get rid of Ivar or Austin Theory. Yeah, because like, why the fuck is Ivar in there? We know he's not winning the Rumble. <laughs> exactly. But like you know, you you bring in you bring in uh Trick Williams while Carmelo Hayes is still in there. And you can kind of play up this like, will they or won't they thing of, are they going to stay friends? Is Carmelo going to turn on trick? You can play that up. And like for the watcher that watches the whole WWE universe, they have, you know, a little bit more that they're getting out of that then. Yeah. But, and again, I felt bad and I knew Sami Zayn was going to return, but Sami Zayn 30, I was like, not the right mm, time, bro. Okay. It was deflating, actually. It was deflating. Like, I would have I would have preferred Sami Zayn 29 yeah. and Drew McIntyre 30. Yeah. I think if you flip those, but you have to have Drew in the ring already because he's the one that put Sammy on the shelf. Yeah. So I don't know. I just I didn't love the men's Royal Rumble. I also thought it was boring that uh Cody Rhodes won it two years in a row. I loved the Cody Rhodes winning it decision. <laughs> I was all about it. I like it makes me happy. I think it makes sense for his character. You know, he's gone through so much for him to be the first guy after all this time to win two back to back since Stone Cold in the 90s or whatever. That's sick, bro. Dumb. <laughs> hey, man. We we go we go. I'm back to hating Cody Rhodes. They're putting him in the main event. I'm back to hating Cody Rhodes. I hate him again, damn it. <laughs> Uh, one of the very bright spots of the Royal Rumble, though, was Braun Breaker. Yeah. What a man. Mm-hmm. There are a lot of rumors going around that Braun Breaker was the replacement for Brock Lesnar. He just, they're basically like, okay, well, Brock Lesnar, we're not putting you in here because of uh, the ties to a lawsuit that I don't want to get sued for saying the wrong information about. So yeah. uh, key, key figures here, Vince McMahon, you sick fuck. Yeah. That's. That's all we're going to say. But Braun Breaker, holy shit. Dimitri, a man that big should not be able to move that fast. But he hits the ropes crazy. He hits the ropes crazy. It's so Uh, fun to watch. I would, if I was told, I I come to, I show up at the performance center. I'm told, you know, it's your day of work. Here's what you're going to do. You're going to eat a spear after Braun Breaker hits the ropes at 27 miles an hour. I'm handing in my resignation. I'm out of there. I'm not doing that. I'm out. (laughs) Yeah, no, I'd be like, "Mm -mm, no way. That looks painful. It does look really painful. He says he's got the best spear in the business. Yeah, I fucking believe it. 
Absolutely. Um, and he said in a backstage, you know, interview that he's, he's full time on the main roster. And, uh, Shawn Michaels was like, whoa, partner, <laughs> I've <laughs> still got creative for you down here, <laughs> but it's time. It's yeah, time. His, his energy, it's like time. just general is off the charts, like his yep. energy when, and when he's in the ring. And I also like, he's not like a super like emotional type of guy. Cause you wouldn't expect him to be. And he shouldn't be. I love like the energy and passion. He like talks with when he's on the mic, like yep. bro just sounds like angry and like that fits. I love that shit. He, he also has that Steiner promo where he's like talking. You're like, buddy, what the fuck are you saying? Yes. Uh, <laughs> but absolutely. like, you're still into it. Like, it's not mm-hmm. a bad, what the fuck are you saying? It's like, it's a, mm-hmm. like when he was talking to, uh, I keep going back to this clip. Cause it makes me laugh of him talking to Baron Corbin about their tag team name. He's like, we're the wolf dogs. <laughs> and Corbin's like, that's terrible. <laughs> How long did it take you to come up with that? Two, three weeks. <laughs> like it just his delivery on it too is uh, like he's dead serious. We're the he wolf dogs. <laughs> like, I think he I think he's got it. There's just you can always yeah, tell when somebody it. just like got it and he's got it. He's also got that like top guy physique too. Yeah, like, absolutely. He'll be able to do anything you need him to do, kind of mm-hmm. physique. Future champion. Future champ. Here to hear first. Sure. Mm-hmm. Dimitri. <laughs> sure. Your stock rising. All right. I just want to give a quick shout out to the player hater there of the year. That is Drew McIntyre. Oh my God. Bruh. I love this man. You know, I've been saying it for a minute now. I love Drew McIntyre. He's one of my favorite wrestlers on the roster. He's just so tough and so good at everything that they ask him to do. Whatever they ask him to do, he always delivers. And you cannot deny that. So it was really fucking funny when CM Punk is out there giving this heartfelt promo. Out comes Drew McIntyre to tell him that he prayed for him to get hurt and his prayers were answered. I actually laughed out loud at this because what a funny premise. But I absolutely love it, man. Drew is really on his hater shit. And he owned it on the internet. Like, bro, bro was on Twitter tweeting nonstop. Like, I pray for this. I used to pray for days like this. Drew well, or the, is the, great. Or that meme that's like, showed up to my ops funeral to make sure they were dead. <laughs> and he the, photoshopped his yeah. face onto it. Like, bro. <laughs> that's actually the first thing I thought of whenever I heard that promo is that meme. And I was like, this is the <laughs> perfect situation. And there he goes tweeting it. He knows what's up. But yeah. Shout out to the hired Oscar to manage his social media. That was some Oscar level shit. That was. (laughs) (laughs) That was that was great. And you know what? It's got me really hyped up, man. You know, I'm always on the Drew train. I feel like I say this every single time we talk about Drew. He carried the pandemic and he doesn't get credit for it. Here we go. He was a great champion. And I was so into that. Drew McIntyre. Can't do it in front of the fans. Can't do it in front of the fans. Moments too big. You know what's really interesting? I'll give you this. What's really interesting is Bailey just won the Rumble. Bailey also had a hand in carrying the pandemic. Maybe they're doing right here. Maybe they're giving the people who carried the pandemic, carried the company, their moment in front of the fans that they didn't get before. Maybe we get Seth versus Drew at WrestleMania. I don't know. 
Maybe we get Seth versus Drew at WrestleMania because I'm going to give you this too. During the pandemic, Seth was killing it with his, uh, what was the gimmick? He was basically like a, like it a was cult like leader. The- yeah, 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 yeah. He was like a cult leader. He had uh, yeah. Buddy Matthews with him, and uh, they were out there injuring people. He poked out Rey Mysterio's eye. I don't know if you remember that, but that was hilarious and ridiculous. And Seth Rollins, Drew McIntyre, Bailey just carried the pandemic. So I would love to see them just, you know, make it right for WrestleMania this year. Give them their moment. They deserve it. So let's let's get into the uh, the women's royal rumble it's fire and we were talking in my house about how the start of this rumble was like all right we're going for an all thick royal rumble <laughs> natalia, <laughs> natalia and naomi open it up Woo! Mm-hmm. and naomi getting that spot you know nothing going on in the ring starting it off lights go down take it to the floor and she has her, her name and her hair. Man, that was hype. That was awesome. That was hype. Yeah, what a great start. Then Bailey number three. I was like, ooh, that's early for Bailey. That's yeah, as soon as I saw Bailey number there. three, I was like, ooh, I don't know about my pick. Ooh. <laughs> yep. Candice LeRae, I was like, ah, she's getting thrown out of here. And then the surprise of the night for the Women's Royal Rumble, in my opinion. There's another one that's a big one. But the surprise of the night, Jordan Grace, TNA Knockouts Women's Champion. That was a huge surprise. Yeah, I had no idea. I saw afterwards that there were like uh, mentionings of something happening with TNA on Twitter. Mm -hmm. I didn't see Mm -hmm. those. So I had no inkling that anything like that was going to happen. I mean, that's pretty big. That's pretty cool. They also also did specifically say that Naomi was former you know, TNA knockouts women's mm-hmm. champion too. Yeah. Um, and I thought it was really nice that Jordan Grace and Naomi got to have that uh, moment in the ring too. It was awesome. Where they hugged it out, you know, and the, there was a pop for it because like people know what was going on. Like wrestling uh-huh. fans are informed on what's happening around, around the leagues, if you will. Um, let's see here. Bianca Belair, number 10. Thought that was a good end, good time for her to come in. I was like, yeah, yeah she could go all the way from number ten. Yeah. Um, Chelsea Green, number fourteen. Chelsea was sensational in the Royal mm-hmm. Rumble. She always makes the most of any opportunity she's given. So she had a very opposite Royal Rumble last year. She was eliminated in four seconds. <laughs> That and they absolutely knew that was a storyline going in because they immediately were like, "Oh shit, she's going to get eliminated." (laughs) But then, like Piper Nivens, the next one that that's in after her, and then she gets put over the rope, but Piper catches her and then fakes like she's going to drop her. No, no, no. (laughs) But then she keeps getting like. Remember when she kept getting smashed in the corners? Yeah, and she would be like, like, she was just trying to do the like, (laughs) I'm going to get to the corner. I'm going to be saying, "Oh my god." (laughs) Yep. That was really good. She sold incredibly well. She sold. Um, one little downside of the Xia uh, Lee, the swords thing. Yeah, I don't like the swords thing. I'm not the a fan of was like, Seems like extra negative energized for that. Yeah. They were like, why are we doing this? Uh, Maxine Dupree. I thought she had a nice little, little showing. Mm-hmm. Trying, to, trying to do some wrestling moves. She hit the, the reverse worm, I think, too. Yeah, I don't know how the fuck she did that. I can't even do a worm, so that was crazy. 
Uh, I saw a TikTok where she was talking about how like Otis has been trying to teach her how to do the worm. And yeah. She can do it really well backwards, but not forward. That's hilarious. So, so that's <laughs> why she did it that way. That's so funny. Um, Valhalla came in and that, that was our truth's number. And then <laughs> she was out right away, basically. Yep. And the fucking truth, like who, why is she barefoot? <laughs> <laughs> that was nuts. But I think, you know, the final three on the women's side were all kind of surprises. Jade Cargill. Number twenty eight. Awesome. She did great, by the she way. She was incredible, yeah. wasn't she? Really entertaining. Oh my god. <laughs> She's amazing. Uh Tiffany Stratton, number twenty nine. She was great too. She's another NXT that could go to the main roster. Like she yeah, already proved it with her few with Becky. She was ready it. a while ago. She was ready oh, yeah. a long time ago, but she said that she wants more work. I remember her saying that. So Hey, you know, fair enough. You want to get that work in and like make sure you're really ready, you know. Do it. The only thing that I would change about Tiffany Stratton is just the way she delivers a promo. Cause like her promo voice is very grating, but like I've heard her doing interviews and that's not how she actually sounds. She like I mean, does it as isn't her that like, how is it just supposed to be though? You know, I guess just, like it's just it's, supposed to be annoying. I guess so. It's, <laughs> it's so, it's so grating to me. Yeah. Though. It's really awful, but I mean, that's, I mean, feel like that's what she is, bro. She's got to, she's got to talk like that. Yeah, fair enough. Uh, Ludwig Kaiser, that man's winning. Uh, Liv Morgan, <laughs> number thirty. Very good to see Liv back. Very happy yeah. to see her back. Um, and I'm really interested to see where a lot of these, uh, where a lot of these women are going to end up on the various rosters. Now, we didn't say it at the top. I didn't watch Raw. Did you watch Raw? I watched it uh, until after the Drew McIntyre CM Punk segment, and then I tuned out. So you watched the very beginning of Raw? Yeah. Okay. I saw that, and I was like, oh, my nigga Drew. And then then I was out. (laughs) I saw online that Andrade is going to Raw. Um, Braun Breaker had a phone call with Nick Aldis, so he's probably going to SmackDown. Um, I don't know if I've seen where any of the kind of returning women are going to go. Um, I think I saw that Naomi's probably going to be on SmackDown, which makes sense because that's was kind of her brand yeah. before. And um, uh, Jimmy's there. So yeah, that, that, true. That makes more sense. Um, but it'd be really interesting to see where Jade and Liv Morgan end up because I think, are they going to keep Jade away from Bianca and Rhea for now? Um, are they going to put her on SmackDown as a, you know, infusion of, you know, women's talent there? And then similarly with Liv Morgan, I believe she was on SmackDown before, but it'll be interesting to see where they end up. Women's roster going crazy right now, bro. Really is. Really is. We didn't even talk about, we didn't didn't even get to the winner of the rumble yet. Oh yeah. Bailey. Yeah, that's right. Shout out to my girl, Bailey. I I thought the ending was perfect for Bailey too. Yes. Liv and Jade are doing their own thing on the outside, trying to eliminate each other. Bailey's like, great. I'll kick <laughs> you both out. Yeah. I, I, perfect. I loved that for Bailey. It was just such a, they did such a good job of making it feel like a feel good moment. And they've done a mm-hmm. great job of making everybody like feel for Bailey. Like we feel bad that uh, her own group is not treating her very well. They keep gaslighting her. You feel bad about it. And like, 
if you're getting some sort of emotion out of us, especially if it's like us, like feeling like somebody deserves this, it's certainly Bailey. And it just, it's, it's fantastic. Made my heart smile. Uh, and we already know what's going to happen, bro. We know what's going to happen. She's going to, she's, she's picking EO tonight. Isn't she? She's going to pick EO. And if she doesn't pick EO, she'll, she'll pick Rhea and then something will happen. And she'll be like, you know, never mind. I want EO. <laughs> so fair enough. Either way, it's going to be Bailey and EO at, at mania. And that is very exciting for me. They deserve that payoff. They've been a group for a while. They've worked towards us for a while. In the beginning, it was a little, they, a lot of people called for them to disband because they were kind of lacking direction for a little bit. Of course, you know, I mean, and, there's no shame in that because, you know, they were lacking direction for a little bit, but mm-hmm. it has certainly evolved into one of the most interesting stories on the roster. So I'm very excited Definitely. to be able to Definitely. see that in Mania. And I think that's just about it for this week, Dimitri. Anything else you want to add? No, man. Shout out to Coach Canales, bro. <laughs> All right. Calm down. Thank you everybody for listening. You can follow us on Twitter and YouTube at let me pod to you. Please like comment, subscribe, please give us a review on your chosen podcast platform. You can follow Dimitri at Dimitri talks. You can find me if you want at We hate Jacob hate with an eight. I did warn you. It's all Dave Canales retweets on Dimitri. Yeah, buddy. Careful. (laughs) Uh, Have a great week, everybody. Bye.